0: Chapter 18 and Chapter 21, uh, just off and on throughout uh, the message today. We want to title the message. It'll be facing the fire, uh, facing the fire of failure, facing the fire of restoration. Uh, we have uh, learned a lot about Peter so far. Uh, he has been up and he has been down. He has had victory. He has had failure. He has been spiritual. He has been carnal uh peter's biggest failure uh when he denied christ around the fire at at jesus's trial that uh that that needed to happen in the life of peter uh it needed to happen so he could get himself his uh his 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 ego his his i'm the best at everything thinking pattern out of the way um but it wasn't enough that, that his self-reliance be crushed. If that's as far as he had gone, he would have lived the rest of his life crushed. And, and that's not what God wanted. It, that, that, that feeling had to be replaced with something more sure, uh, something more solid. It had to be replaced with, instead of a reliance on himself, it had to be replaced with a reliance on Jesus for everything he had previously trusted himself for. Now, after Peter's greatest failure, um, of course he needed to be restored. He needed that 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 thing from Jesus that let him know that he was still loved, that everything was going to be okay uh, it would be painful there there would be tears uh, shame would have to be owned and felt and confession would be vital repentance was an absolute necessity and all this would happen from from the betrayal to his restoration around two fires okay uh between his 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 first call and the time that he fell was about three and a half years from from luke five and until about john 18 or so it's about three and a half years jesus's earthly ministry uh we see at his first call in luke five he was fishing but not catching who's felt that pain before, right? Yeah, you fish, and that's why they call it fishing and not catching, because it's not a guarantee. So all night, this professional fisherman fished, didn't catch anything. He received some advice from shore from a stranger, and and when they followed that advice, it resulted in a great catch. And at that point then, Jesus called Peter to follow him. At his fire of failure, about three and a half years later, after all the boasts, after all the bragging, after all the trusting in himself and his own strength, after saying, Jesus, I will follow you even to death, even after having drawn the sword and cut that poor guy's ear off, at that he received three challenges, and he made three denials. He had three opportunities to do more than just talk, And he failed to follow through all three times, just as Jesus said he would. In a moment, we'll find him in John 21, two to three weeks after the resurrection. He's going fishing again, and again he's not catching. Again, there's advice from shore. Again, there's a great catch of fish, and there is another fire there. But this fire is going to be one for Peter that is not a failure but but is of restoration. By the second fire there will also be three challenges and there will be three confirmations instead of three denials. There will be three opportunities to do more than just talk. And there will be three descriptions of what love for Jesus actually looks like when it's moved from just talk into action. Now by these two fires, the one of testing and failing, the one of repentance and restoration, we're going to see Peter strengthened. We're going to see him stayed for the work ahead. Now this shows us that that you, you must face your sin. You must own your shame when you fall. You must confess it, and that means to to own it as being just as vile and wicked and destructive and unholy as God says it is. You have to face that fire in in that heart, in that attitude, or you will never be healed and you can never then be restored. See, every day we face situations that put our faith and commitment to Christ to the test. Many of those situations are like, you know, Peter, standing around the fire. They can be dangerous and they can be destructive, and it can derail us. It can devastate our 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 involvement in God's plan for us. So, before we read our, our passage, let me ask you, what uh, what have been uh, what have been your failures? How have you denied the Lord after swearing? even to follow him to death. How Have you failed as a mother or a father, a husband, a wife? Have you failed as an employee or a friend or a son, a daughter, a church member? See, we have all made promises to Jesus to stay committed to him. And when given the opportunity to keep our word, we fail just like Peter. Publicly. Purposefully. Very personally. And before we can move on from that fire of failure. We need to spend time with Jesus around his second fire. The one of restoration. Let me share you two, two true stories here. The name has been changed to protect the guilty. All right? John had worked for years at a paper factory. He had... Uh, Long ago, made a commitment to follow Jesus, uh, but was constantly goaded by his friends, his co-workers at work to drink and gamble with them. He resisted for seven years. Then on a Friday night after work, he was feeling really discouraged about work and about finances, so he caves and he goes to the bar with his friends. And That night, he got drunk, did things he could not believe he would have done. He woke up, of course, sick and hungover. When John realized what he had done, then waves of guilt swept over him and he felt like his life was over. That's a, That's a fire of failure. Another one, Susan, had been raised in a Christian home. She had made a commitment to Jesus at about 11 years old. And now she's 17, this beautiful young woman looking forward to college. She had made a commitment to wait until marriage for sexual relationship and had been faithful to that promise. But one night in May... Uh, The night of her junior prom, Susan broke that commitment after going to the prom with a new boyfriend. Uh, He promptly then moved on to someone else soon after leaving Susan to feel used and consumed with guilt. And she felt as though she could never be useful to God again after having broken that kind of commitment. That's another fire of failure. Now these stories, your stories, have a common thread about them, and that is that a commitment was made, and that commitment was broken. See, God's people have always had to face these fires of temptation, these fires of persecution. Uh, What are we to do after we failed? See, Peter was an average guy. We, we, we know something about him. He was an average guy. He had been blessed to live and to walk with Jesus for three and a half years. But Peter, too, knew what it was to, to, to face that kind of fire and then, and then fail. So, so let's, let's learn a little bit about this. In uh, John chapter 18, I want you to find verse, uh, verse 15. John 18, uh, pick it up in verse 15. And, and we'll read about his, his fire of failure here. And Simon Peter followed Jesus. Uh, this is after his arrest, and he's, he's headed to the, to the court there. Um, and so did another disciple. Um, that disciple was, um, was no, no, I'm sorry, we're supposed to be in verse 18, aren't we? i no, started nope, no 15. I'm right. I think I'm going to have to get uh, new glasses. Finally, I have to break down and get new glasses. This small print is eating me alive. All right. So that disciple was known unto the high priest and went in with Jesus uh, into the palace uh, of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door without. Uh, Then went out that other disciple, which was known unto the high priest, and spake uh, unto her that kept the door, and brought in Peter. Then saith the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, Art not thou also one of this man's disciples? And he said, I am not. And the servants and officers stood there, uh, who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold. And they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. Now drop down to verse 25. And Simon Peter stood and warmed himself, and and they, they said therefore unto him, Art not thou also one of his disciples? And he denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, being his kinsman, whose ear Peter cut off, saith, "Did not I see thee in the garden with him?" Then Peter, uh, Peter then denied again, and immediately the cock crew. All right, we, we know the story. Jesus has been arrested. He's been taken to appear before the high priest. Peter had only a few hours earlier in uh, verses 10 and 11 uh, he had been willing to fight for Jesus willing to die for him so Peter and John had followed Jesus John had gone inside uh, with Jesus while Peter waited outside Uh, when Peter was recognized by the servant girl who who was as a follower of Jesus he was filled with fear and he did the very thing he swore he would never do he denied even knowing Jesus Scripture said that Peter stood around this fire of coals. Around the fire he warmed himself with the others as Jesus was inside at the trial. And around that fire, Peter denied Jesus two more times. Things he swore he would never do. But yet he did. So let's, let's, let's make this personal. All right? let's, let's think about us. What fires have you stood around where you acted as if you didn't even know Jesus? You knew you knew him, but you acted as if you didn't. Uh, Are there there places, are there people that fill you with fear that lead you to this kind of betrayal? Do you find yourselves put in, 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 in situations where you beg and you plead with God that nobody recognizes you or notices that you carry the name of Christ? Betrayal has a devastating effect in our lives. We, we know what we have done. We know we were weak. We were, we were pathetic. That, that, that shame, that shame is real. So we'll notice that there's, there's disillusionment. There's, there's despair here. In John chapter 21, the first uh, 14 verses... This is after the resurrection, after Jesus has, has, has appeared to Peter and the others. And, and we find Peter and the others going fishing. Uh, now we're told again that they didn't catch anything. Uh, now what was Peter doing fishing when the Lord was risen? Uh, well, fishing for Peter represented a search for, for something comfortable, something, something familiar. Because there is comfort in, in what's familiar. So he goes fishing, he doesn't know what else to do. Peter must have felt that even though Jesus had risen, he had seen the risen Lord, that really nothing had changed for him because he felt that, that, that his betrayal of Jesus had moved, uh, really moved him beyond any hope of being useful. I mean, how, how can we be useful having, having denied Christ, having betrayed him, having not stepped up, not spoken up when the Lord gave us opportunity to? So Peter had retreated into this disillusionment into into despair, even after seeing Jesus risen still he was well there was a feeling of hopelessness um, I mean Peter had failed him just like Jesus said you know that that feeling of failure, that feeling of hopelessness it's it's real enough I, I mean. He, he felt that feeling you you feel that feeling it's not true but but the feeling itself is real and and what makes it untrue is that there is always hope where Jesus is concerned the you may feel useless and you may feel like you'd never be restored and you may feel like you could never be used of God again but that feeling contradicts the truth you may feel as if there is not any hope at all. But that feeling, that that emotion, contradicts the fact that if Jesus is involved, there is nothing but hope. Maybe you felt like Peter. Maybe that betrayal and sin in your life has led you to think that you've gone too far to be used by God. I mean, yeah, you kind of think, yeah, I know. The Bible says God loves me still, and yeah, he loves me, but he's just not going to talk to me much now. Yeah, he loves me, but he's never going to use me again for anything. I mean, really? Do you really think you only get one chance to serve God? Do you really think that that's all there is? That morning, Jesus was on the shore. They didn't recognize him. He provided this incredible catch of fish. We see this in in chapter 21, verses 4 through 8. Jesus had prepared the breakfast for them again on this fire of coals. Now what must Peter have remembered when he saw Jesus cooking the fish, cooking the breakfast over this fire of coals, the same word used over in chapter 18, remembering those thoughts of despair where he had betrayed Christ and maybe he's thinking this one would be a little different. In chapter 21, I want you to find verse 15. It is familiar, we've read it the last several Sundays, but I want it familiar to you again. Chapter 21, verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith unto him the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he had said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. Verily, verily I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, Thou shalt stretch forth thy hand, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he signifying by what death, that, uh, what death he should glorify God. And when he had uh, spoken thus, this, he saith unto him, follow me. So after breakfast here, the scene, scene shifts to just Jesus and Peter. He's around the fire. Jesus questions Peter much like Peter had been questioned several weeks earlier by the the servant girl and the others. And Jesus asks him three questions. Do you love me more than these? Now there is uh, some contention as to what these are. Um, Is it the fish? Is it his former life? Well, you should love Jesus more than anything in life. But again, we don't think that's it. Do you love Jesus more than these other disciples? I mean, yes, you, you have boasted, Peter, that, that, that you do. Um, you, have, you have said a lot about your commitment to me. You said you would die for me. You even drew a sword to protect me. See, the, the, the point is, if you really love Jesus the way you say that you love Jesus, then you will show that love there'll be an action involved not by that mouthy self-reliance not by the boasting and bragging to everybody that you're the best but you'll show it by the loving obedience now you remember that the two words for love throughout this little section here phileo and agape uh, often in, in, in the book of john they 're used synonymously, but 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 not here. You see, Peter no longer has that mouthy self confidence he no longer feels like he can boast that yes, I love you more than all the other disciples of anybody that 's ever followed you, I love you more no he can 't say that any longer. He no longer feels that confidence he no longer trusts himself he no longer trusts his own judgment about his own ability to carry out a commitment he makes to Jesus so each time that Peter reaffirmed his love with that lesser word Jesus commanded him to do something don't say something do something feed my sheep feed my lambs take care of the flock of God See, Peter's love was to be expressed in action uh, of of faithfulness, faithful obedience over time, instead of bragging in front of everybody about how good he was and how much he loved Jesus. See, talk means nothing. Talk means nothing if it's not backed up by action. The emphasis here on the third time Peter was grieved. Peter was broken-hearted. Peter was beside himself as the memories of his failures and his betrayal of Jesus come flooding back when Jesus asked this third time. Peter Peter could see the symmetry. Peter, Peter can, could 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 see the comparison between these two fires and the three questions. Using Peter's word for love the third time, even as he'd been asked about knowing Jesus three times, for each denial he made at the first fire, there was the opportunity at the second fire to, to reaffirm his love, to, to reaffirm his commitment to Jesus. Jesus loved Peter enough to restore him, not leave him broken, not leave him in that in that place where 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 the relationship is is where the relationship is broken his betrayal peter's betrayal did not place him beyond god's love or beyond god's mercy and look this is what we get from this your acts of betrayal have not placed you beyond god's mercy or god's love you have you have betrayed jesus you have denied jesus just like peter has you are not beyond the touch of your savior there is mercy and grace for you as there was mercy and grace for peter there is hope for us. There was hope for Peter. We can be restored if we face our shame, if we own our guilt, we repent of our sin, we obey Jesus, we can be restored just as Peter was. Now, Having been restored... Peter goes on to be faithful to Jesus with great courage eventually as tradition has it being crucified but upside down. Uh, There's no telling what God can do what what God will, will, will use you to do if you'll meet Jesus at that second fire. If you'll allow him to restore you. Now we need to wrap this up. How do we how do we use this tomorrow morning? Okay. How do we pack this up, take it home? How do we how do we put it to, to work this, this this next week? To have a future, you need to face your past. You need to deal with that sin. Jesus will set you on a new course no matter what you have done God can still restore you God can still use you he wants to it might be in a different capacity doing different things but his word says that if you repent of that sin you own that shame you allow him to to restore your relationship with him he will take you and use you still you are not beyond hope you are not beyond the reconciliation See, your love for Jesus is expressed through obedience not not just verbal confession that is part of it I'm, I mean we we say talk is cheap but but um, I mean it's okay to talk as long as there's action to follow up right we we, we serve with our lives we don't serve with our lips you know, our lips are involved of course but But we serve by what we do. It's it's, it's not what we say that shows our love. It's what we do that shows our love. And this was a very difficult lesson for Peter. Because he was one braggy dude. But he learned it. He learned it so well that he couldn't trust his own judgment of himself. He had to only trust Christ's judgment of himself. This is going to be a hard lesson for us. But it will be a lesson well learned. It will be a lesson full of grace. A lesson full of mercy. See the last thing that that Jesus says to Peter in this dialogue at the end of verse 19 is to follow me. Jesus is telling Peter, you said you loved me. You ran into a rough spot. We've, We've ironed that out. I've told you what love for me looks like. Follow me. As you think through your life, what failures and moments of betrayal might represent your first fire of coals? you got to face up to them. You need to own them in confession and repentance at the throne of grace, at Jesus' feet, meet him at that second fire and 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 just as the risen Christ met Peter the risen Christ stands ready to meet you to restore you to renew you but you must come to him in contrition you must come to him in humility all of that self-reliance and 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 toughiness and and self-strength has to be done away as it was in Peter's life you face up to the charcoal fire and you let let his love and and his restoration remove your shame let it cancel that guilt and fill you with peace and 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 renew your purpose with him he's waiting there on the shore you're out in the boat doing what feels comfortable because confessing your sin and owning your shame is a very uncomfortable thing. You need to get back to shore. You need to sit around the fire with Jesus. Face up to it, confess it, own it. and Allow him to restore you so you can move on with him. He's waiting. He's waiting there. last question is, are you going to meet him there? Just stand with your heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, we do want to thank you for what we've learned from Peter's life. Your incredible patience with him. Lord, the mercy that you showed him, the grace that you gave him. And, Lord, of all the disciples, he seems to be the one most like us because he was, Lord, he was mouthy and cocky and confident in himself and, and yet he made some very real human mistakes. But, Lord, you restored him to fellowship with you and you used him greatly. And that gives us hope, Lord. That gives us, gives us pause to think that, all right, you, you may not be done with us then. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would search our hearts. And if there are denials and if there are uh, fears and disillusionments that uh, are kind of haunting the back of our heart and mind, that your Spirit would bring those to the front. That we can face them, Lord. That we can confess them, repent of them. And just follow you the way you want us to. Thank you for the hope that that brings us. Thank you for the courage that that will give us to walk forward with you. Please, Lord, use us for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Mike, would you come ahead? Let's, let's uh, end let's our service with the doxology. Doxology. I think everybody knows it.